Ratty and Cantati. Ratty and Cantati. R-A-T-T-I-I-N-C-A-N-T-A-T-I. Today's episode is brought to you by Ratty and Cantati. Go to R-A-T-T-I-I-N-C-A-N-T-A-T-I.com. It's an online bookshop focused on indie books, zines, and other media that aim to inspire you to change worlds. Welcome to Wallabies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Light Fingered Thief, and I'm joined here by Logar. Hello, I am Logar, the Barbarian. So, Logar, you never told me what land you came from and where you grew up and how you became Logar, the I Barbarian. Came, I came from 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 a, from a from a galaxy far, far away. I thought you came from a land down under. <laughs> I came from land down under. <laughs> was was that that wasn't Men with Hats, was it? I, was yeah. that the saying that was that men with hat? I think I had that yeah, yeah, album was. at one point in time growing up. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, we wanted to, we were going to talk about backstories for characters and people really get into backstories, making their backstories and everything else. And I kind of don't. <laughs> well, I think it's in the modern modern age gaming for a lot of folks that do five e. They do quite a bit on backstory and then they create their or roll up their own background and feats and customize it that way. But in old school where we played, I think all we did was roll up characters, give them a name and then go at it. We didn't generate a backstory because the death rate in some of our OSR games early on, it's, you can die pretty quickly. <laughs> well, I see, I did a lot of backstories because we did a lot of superhero games. So we came up with our superhero origins and we kind of established our heroes that way. Well, that was for the superhero game that you're playing. Yeah. The uh, OSR D&D game. <laughs> yeah, so there's different styles of play, and I prefer when I'm doing a fantasy role-playing game with all your basic archetypes and stuff, to kind of let the backstory be what we're playing. That's your first level. That's your backstory in my mind. I prefer that you're not very powerful. You don't have access. Sometimes you don't even have a spell. If you're like a cleric, you have zero spells to start at first level. You're not very useful. So that I see it. You're Luke from the farm. I've heard the term saying you're going to discover who your character you're gonna discover is. who your character is. So that's why I do like the DCC uh, level zero funnels. Cause you literally are Luke from the farm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like doing a zero le- funnel, like you get a ba- your background. I'm a baker, right? You know, <laughs> like I'm a baker or I'm a farmer. I mean, I think I actually played a farmer several times in that series so or a butcher or a candlestick maker right and you start your characters off in the tub exactly no one ever starts off as a you know professional adventurer but i think there is a nice creative element in writing up a backstory for your character but to your point i think it depends on which system or which game that we're playing because i wouldn't want to write up a huge backstory and then have that person fall into a pit and die you know Two hours into the first game, if it's a brief backstory, like uh, like one of the like uh like what was it my 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 character in OSC? I was like, oh, my character left home looking for his brother. I was like, okay, that's a backstory to me. I like those like one phrase because it can be discarded quickly. 
or if the dungeon master needs something to play with to pull this forward oh you're looking for your brother i can do something with this trying to keep everybody's nuanced backstory and and like there was there's i i have played in games and ran games where people have come at me with things like a pathfinder even like people have come up with these elaborate backstories and i did this and i did this and i defeated i'm like you're a first level character with no power (laughs) and you did all these wonderful things and they don't jive with anything that exists in the world or that we're we're tackling here that we're we're playing right to suddenly that we're gonna we're gonna uproot now i'm all about playing around the characters having autonomy and take and take control but sometimes like when you got a bunch of people with their whole little story they've written out like a little movie or a little comic book it's it's a bit much to deal with when you're trying to deal with everything else as a DM. Understandable. I think it's tricky because as a DM, obviously you got to keep your game straight. And then if there's nuances within the backstory, for example, let's say the character has some type of, you know, whatever secret skill or secret brother or something else that pops up that they want to pop up in the middle of the game. That's an addition that you got to uh, integrate into your current campaign. Yeah. And there's the other thing about, about this is that not just having to integrate all that. in, because at a point, like, but the characters are going to, ha- for me, when I DM, I lean into the characters taking the reins. It's not going to happen unless you go out and actively make it happen. I'm not going to just magically pull it out. I'm not going to send somebody, you have to do my quest. I'm tired of those games. I've ran those. They're t- I'm not very fond of telling a group of players that they have to do this quest. I find that players are more invested when they decide what it is they're going after and they're going to do themselves. They make their decisions on their adventures. Not me. <laughs> now, I'd say that a lot of that backstory stuff probably has to do with it. If you're going to delve into your character's backstory, you're going to have to work with the group and say, hey, I want to pursue this in my character's backstory as a group. Right. That way you don't go on a solo quest to go find you know, party member A's missing sister or whatever it is. Yeah. You don't want to split the party for starting. And everybody has to kind of be down. So One of the things about backstories is I like to have the party working together as a cohesive collaborative unit. And if the backstory is at a point where like it's drawing your character away from the group, which I've seen, maybe we don't need that in the game because it doesn't work well for me to keep you all together as a party. I don't need to, I don't want to have to constantly take a side note and play with just one player where everybody waits all the time. I want to make sure everybody's involved is a part of that decision-making process, et cetera, et cetera. So I've found that sometimes backstories aren't great for having that collective camaraderie that can occur during game that I'm seeking. Was it you that did the little uh, card handouts in terms yes. of, you know, a relationship between the party members to try to build a little bit of the yeah. group backstory versus an individual backstories? Yeah, I've got a deck somewhere. I'm not 100% sure where it is, but it focuses on the group backstory, how the group right. met. How the group met, how the group relates. And it's like, okay, you and one other party member have some random connection. What is that? And I, I thought you'd done that for one of our games. I forget Well, now. not only that, but that's also when we played Forbidden Lands. A lot of making your character ah, right. has a yeah, backstory yeah, yeah. element to it as well, where it asks you to define what your relationship is to the other players in your party. So my friend and how you think of each other. So the backstory development there is more leaned on looking at the party and how you interact with other folks in your party. Now, one thing that we did add is that deck that I have of backstories for a party. It's just a party. Back. I, I can't tell you who made it or where it came from. I'd have to go dig it up in my, one of my game shelves. I'm not 100% sure where it's at. But that was a useful resource to have. 
and say, okay, you all met here. This is why you as a party are traveling together and be able to give you some kind of like, okay, we're a party. This is how we interact. We, we start together. I prefer the party starting together, not doing a random we meet in a tavern. Matt in a tavern type of thing. No, it's good to have the party with some type of basic objective and cohesiveness. You know, it could be a party of, hey, we're a bunch of, you know, poor farmers from, Tat- from Tatooine that need to <laughs> go, yeah. go and uh, get money or defeat the evil empire, whatever it may be. And, and that's the thing, like doing the individual backstory, making an individual character, the focus of the game does, has, and possibly can derail the game as a group and as like a collective thing at times like I, I seem to be leaning into it doesn't have to be and it depends a, a lot of times on your play style and the group you're playing with if you have a lot of character a lot of players who are going to kind of go free form in the same way with their backstories and you have a a, a, a game master or a dungeon master who is going to lean into those as a large part of it Perhaps it's a different style and type of game than like a lot of like what we call the the old school play, the OSR, where we're starting off as nothing. In game play, we're discovering who the character is. So it's not to say that, oh, I hate backstories. I'm never going to play a role playing game with a backstory. I've often found that there are in many games I've joined in or even ran, there are high hopes for creating an elaborate backstory when they come in. And they don't necessarily become the focus. And sometimes people get upset because, oh, my character had to have this specific thing. And this was my backstory. It's like, that's not really in any of the dungeons and hex crawls and whatever we're doing. It doesn't really have much to do with what the game is. And like I've said before, if you're running something that's got more player autonomy, you're going to have to be the one to try to pursue that and bring that into game <laughs> yeah i think the earlier point in regards to it's the style of play within your gaming group and then the style of the players and make sure that they mesh together and that expectations are met in regards to if a player comes in with an elaborate five-page backstory and the adventure itself is more of an open world hex crawl with discovery there may be elements that may or may not mesh up very well with your individual backstory <laughs> Yeah, and then you get like like I've have definitely had plenty of backstories uh, uh, where like uh, my family was slaughtered. I am distraught, and and, and it gets right. a little bit redundant. And, and, and you, I am the lone wolf. The lone wolf backstory is a no no in my games. I there's house rule. <laughs> if you're gonna give me a backstory about why you're such a lone wolf and you can't work with others, that character is probably not the character that would be working collaboratively with this group of people so please roll up a character that would and let's go with that one (laughs) yeah you know it's like uh this is cooperative gaming not competitive gaming with many of the rpgs that we play so i've seen and i have seen tables where gaming is more competitive and played in some of those games where the people who are playing feel the need to either combat the dungeon master or each other I don't enjoy a game like that. That's not what I'm looking to play. It's not that it can't be played that way. Role-playing does not necessarily have to be a cooperative game, to be honest. (laughs) But I prefer it as. Yeah, I agree. I prefer cooperative. If we are going to play in the competitive, I think everyone at the table just needs to make sure they understand that it's a competitive game. I mean, at that point, just play like a battle skirmish game where you're fighting each other on a map or something. (laughs) Well, you might as well just go play like, you know, like you said, Warhammer 40K or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, I I have ran games where the players themselves have become competitive, and yeah, but I think we're getting a little off of backstory there. Sometimes that stuff runs runs off of though. Like I said, when I've had those players who comes to me with a backstory about how damaged I am and I don't trust anyone after that, I'm going on my own way. The lone wolf, the alpha male, the alpha male. <laughs> I think they call themselves Sigma males now. <laughs> Not Alpha the Sig- Sigmars. Again, I'm curious between um, modern gaming and 5e again versus OSR. Seems like a lot more backstory goes into some of the modern 5e character development. And I don't know if that's built into the character development process in the book, though. Is it? Is that or is it just? It is. Is it? Is. it? Yeah. I mean, there's a whole section on backgrounds, so you can be like, I'm going to make it up. If you're a thief class. You have a criminal background, yeah, or an entertainer background, okay. Or, you know, a fighter with a soldier background, and you, you get certain, you know, proficiency bonuses in certain areas with your background as well, too. So that's another completely different approach to a character background because they're creating the background, they're making the background become a mechanical element a mechanic, that adds to the correct. character class to characters' correct. stats. Yes, correct. <laughs> that's what it does. <laughs> So that's like like in older games, it's kind of like I come up with my story. I'm not really getting anything specific to add. You're not getting any bonuses. Yeah. No, you're not. I mean, like with DCC, if your background is a farmer, you might roll up and you get like a rock and a, a hole. Or, 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 you know, I think I had, a, I had a pig as my starting item. <laughs> One of my characters for DCC had it like a like a jar of cheese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so had cheese. yeah, cheese, which is good because we had food, but it's more for flavor of the game, less so as you said, a mechanic of the game. It's not like my pig became a plus one attack pig, or your cheese became yeah. you know whatever eight days of rations or anything like that. <laughs> I am far more in favor of background being for flavor. Did I say favor flavor? Or did I confuse flavor? I am far more in favor of a background being for flavor. Flavor. <laughs> <laughs> then for a hard game mechanic. Yeah, the game mechanic I it, that puts me off a little more because then they like that that tends to be like we have tons of different options for backgrounds and okay what's the mechanics and then they introduce different things for mechanics and you have to go look things up in the middle of you the game look things up, and, then you turn into, <laughs> and then you got like max miners that create like fighter soldier great weapon master feats or whatever it is and all of a sudden they do like yeah. 50 attacks and plus plus 100 damage <laughs> my background is that i murdered people in the gladiatorial arenas excessively <laughs> i was i came out of I came out of being such a badass and gained strength through this feat. I'm like, ho, 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 let's put the brakes. <laughs> that's a little. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. perhaps people will enjoy that game. I guess they do because there's a lot of that goes on, but it's not the game I'm looking at, at, at being in. I'm not like an RCNC game. I think we have one person who has one attribute that's an 18. A lot of people are having their attributes under 10, like the big powerful elements of the characters, not what we're expressing or trying to focus on in the game and, and stacking on to make you tougher and meaner. Like it's something that happens progressively a lot of times through magic items and stuff like that. Again, right. I am the person who wields the whatever, the Stormbringer. We're getting the Stormbringer in game. We're discovering these things in the game and kind of defining the characters that way and figuring out what the characters' objectives are. In that first level, or right, so. but but you're not starting off as a um, 
albino prince that happens to have a soul thirsting sword <laughs> on <Yeah>. day one. <laughs> soul thirsting sword. <laughs> We're coming about on time. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We can use support patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. Yep. Write your background. Don't roll your background.